please note that the views expressed on this program are those of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily those of Portsmouth Community Radio, its Board of Trustees, members, volunteers, or underwriters. Good evening and welcome to Spirit Radio. I am your host, Willie Hassel. Along with my co-host, Lynn Nickerson, we will take you on a journey, a journey into the unknown where the paranormal becomes the normal, a journey to a world cloaked in darkness where reality becomes a thin veil. So sit back, relax, and join us as we venture into the shadows, the darkness, the unknown, and back. And good evening, and welcome once again to Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience. I am your host, Willie Hassel, your gatekeeper to the dark side, your guide to the realm of the unknown, the unseen, the unthinkable, and she is the always lovely, she is the mystical, she is the mysterious, she is Lynn Nickerson. Good evening. Good evening, Willie. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm warming up. It's quite chilly out there. Yeah, it is. uh, Ooh, it's that type of year, I guess, huh? A little yeah, frost on the frost on the pumpkin. A little uh, bit sooner than we expected, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Oh well. And even the trees, the leaves haven't fallen from the trees yet. You know, just a few. Uh, well, I think quite a few fell last night, actually, with all that rain. You think so? I I think mm. so. I I could be wrong. So, we have a guest in the studio tonight, don't we? I believe we do. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. Okay. And we could probably right. even introduce them. Yeah, we probably could. <laughs> it sounds uh, like a, a novel idea. Yeah, well, let's see. He is the uh, founder and director of uh, Essex County Ghost Project. He is also the host of Essex County Ghost Project TV show and Essex County Ghost Project radio show. And if that isn't enough, he's a historian. And he's a, and a politician. Uh, yeah, and he's a, a politician, and <laughs> I don't know. He wears all kinds of hats. And he's our good friend, and his name is Tom Spitalevy. Welcome to the show tonight, Tom. <laughs> thank and you, thank along you. with Tom is Caitlin Pellerin, his friend. How are you, Caitlin? I'm good. good. And see, good. she isn't mute. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't think you <laughs> okay. were going. I didn't think you were going to talk. So. <laughs> no, I thank, got comfortable. Good. Thanks, oh, Willie, for having us on. <laughs> it's always great coming up here to Portsmouth. And uh, Willie actually forgot one thing, but that's all right. I have a new nickname now. Oh, the Crypt what Keeper? would that be? The Crypt Keeper. Oh, that's not new. No, that's, that's true. I've called that's them. That's old hat. That. Yes. <laughs> but it is Tom. important to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And before we get started, since Tom is in the studio with us tonight, that means there is nobody on the phone line. So if you want to call and ask Tom a question or, or t- harass us, story, we harass welcome us. it. Hey, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, <laughs> we're, we're here for you. It's uh, 603-430-9722. And we also have a new feature here at the uh, studio. You can text on that same number, 603-430-9722, if you want to send us a text. Oh, that's so cool. We can answer text questions now from yes. people? Oh, yeah. that's that awesome. Cool? We can. We can do that. We're, big, we're up and coming. Up and coming. Get and, real big now. <laughs> and you know what? After the bottom of the hour, we have a big announcement Yes, we up. do. This is going to call a drum roll announcement. This is breaking news. But we're going to keep Huge you in suspense. Breaking yep, news. Yep, you got to stay in suspense until after the bottom of the hour. Yes, we that's do. Right. Okay. <laughs> 
So. So, Tom, how did you do last night with a Hilldale function? Well, we had a tsunami here in New England. We did, didn't we? <laughs> but it was an outdoor event. It was an outdoor yes, it was. event. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, before we keep going on, Caitlin is not only my fiance, but she's also the co-founder of Essex County Ghost Project. You Excellent. Know. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, Caitlin. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, you didn't give us your bio, Caitlin. No, I not. I, I didn't not. write one. <laughs> okay, that's why then. Not, not only that, but that sign right there is right in front of her. I can't see her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened last night was Maybe I was approached by the Haitian Community Center in Haverhill to mm-hmm. do a fundraiser. So, as we all know, we had that hurricane that just hit the area. And now they're getting hit again. Their airports are out. They're under feats of water. Parts of the island are uninhabitable. Which so we did a hurricane? clothing drive in Haiti. Matthew. 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 Yes. So we did a clothing drive. In the tsunami, we still filled my car with clothes, and I got to go pick more up today. So mm. all in all, it was a success. We were very happy with that. Oh, so did good. you hold like a, a ghost hunt of sorts? We were supposed we tried. to. We tried. Yes. Okay. Even in the rain. Like well, we went. I, I was keeping my fingers crossed, mm-hmm. but my goal really last night was to get the clothes. The yes. clothes. Good. It's so important. I mean, we do a lot in the paranormal. Essex County does, and so don't we? You know guys. you do. We know mm. you do. But sometimes the paranormal does have to be put aside for the greater good. And these people, not only these people in Haiti, but we got a bigger problem. What's that? The Haiti refugees coming over here by winter time. I I actually asked people who went to close last night. We're mm. getting there's four there's four hundred families living in Haverhill. Have they recent uh, arrivals? Uh, recent immigrants, yeah. Really? Uh, they've been Manchester and in Lawrence. And if you've ever been to the island of Haiti, when it's sunshiny, it's warm. It's gorgeous. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's warm. <laughs> yeah. uh, when it hits below zero, I know tonight, Lynn, They're you were nice freezing. and warm outside. We were mm. all nice and warm <laughs> hanging outside in the sea breeze. Imagine somebody from Haiti. Oh yeah, they're, in the tonight's weather, they're going to be inside their their apartment mm. with the heat up to ninety five degrees. Yep. So we needed to make sure they got winter coats because, and yep. we are going to do another one in January. Oh great! Because these people do it's hurricane season as we and they just got hit again down there, and yeah. we we we're at the beginning of the season. The very sad situation. Yeah, very sad. A lot of um. Uh, a lot of a lot of destruction stuff and yeah, deaths too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before you did that, you what was the previous week? You had another function there at the Hilldale where you had some investigations, and or maybe it was two weeks prior. Uh, that would probably be Trails and Sales. Okay. Trails and Sales weekend was a success this year. So, what was what kind of um, um, evidence? You know, paranormal evidence did you get? Because you Ooh. you would you called Ooh. in that night and, yeah. and talked about it. There's so, been could you elaborate? EVPs. Hmm? Several EVPs. Oh, cool. And whereabouts? In what section of the cemetery? Whereabouts, would you say, uh, One was where that gentleman, we don't know whether committed suicide or was killed in the car. Oh, down in the, the car. Down in the, the ditch area, down the yep. corner. Oh. Um, they caught some stuff up on Soldier's Hill. Okay. We got a great new photograph from one of our team members on Soldier's Hill. And I'm waiting for somebody else to get back to me. In fact, I should probably call them. They haven't yet. Well, they got this... Not so nice looking face on Soldiers Hill. Oh dear! Oh, wonderful! Oh, I heard was, about that. That was my friend, my a friend of mine from high school's cousin who caught that on uh, oh. on her camera. Well, was that something coming out of the ground? No, or it was just... up in the tree. Oh, up in the tree. Yeah, but mm. just below the tree line. So it didn't it, it? It wasn't tree branches. You could clearly yeah. make this face out, and it wasn't a pretty face. 
Mm. Would you say that was the most evidence caught in one night? Yeah, for for trails and sales, yeah. So you got a lot of new stuff Mm -hmm. then. And we happily raised for the Essex National Heritage Commission one of our biggest years ever, money-wise. Oh, fabulous. The way that works is we didn't have any cash in hand. People who come to the event come for free. And mm-hmm. we put a price tag on their head for the tour. Mm. And then they get federal matching funds. Oh, wonderful. And that's how they match. The feds look at this and say, okay, all these people who come into all these events, this is what they, if the event ran, this is what they would have brought in. So they help match that oh, that's money. That's nice. So it keeps seven visitor centers and museums going in the Essex National Heritage Area. And countless other projects that I could sit here for three hours and talk mm, about. All nonprofit, right? All yes, nonprofit, yeah. yeah. Wetland work, trails, the Seacoast Trail, everything you can, anything you can see, the byways, the scenic byways. Uh, they got another big one coming up at Witch Hill, and I think it's in Beverly. It's coming up this weekend. Okay. So they got a lot of stuff going on too. I got a lot of stuff. Well, going another on. thing that is close to your heart too is the uh the hand of Dustin Garrison. Yes. yes. And we wanted to talk about that. We also wanted to talk about King Philip's War, right. which actually happened before Hand of Dustin. Right. But I thought maybe we could bring up, you know, Hand of Dustin and what's going on there and this um, you know, as far as investigative evidence. Right. So you might want to talk about Hannah Dustin and her history. Yes. Well, Hannah is a very interesting time period. That happened during King William's War, 1689 to 97. King William, that's right. Yeah. Not King Philip, but King, King William. William's War. Yep. By then, that would have been the second leg of what some historians are now calling World War One. There's a reason for that. Everybody looks at me weird when I give my tours at the museum. <laughs> World I'm, War, though. Yes. I'm going to explain. Oh, okay. I'm listening. <laughs> All right. Please, please do, Tom. All right. I have a map here with me, which I know on radio you're not going to see. But if you go up the eastern seaboard from Florida, in the yellow of that map, or inland a little bit, would have been British colonies. Then along the Ohio River Valley was our friends, the French. They weren't really our friends at that time. <laughs> and then, so the French and the English were fighting here in America. They were fighting in Canada, what we today call America. They were fighting in England. Another country was fighting for their first unification. Only three countries almost invaded us. Four if you count Mexico. Um, This country came close. They never got here, but they were on our shores. They were in Portsmouth Harbor. They were down Long Island Sound. Do you know who they were? I'm not sure that it was New France. Yeah. It was uh, New England. Yeah. And it was another new, new. New York? No. I'm thinking New <laughs> the German, Canada. It was new the Texas. Germans were fighting for their independence. Uh, independence the first time. Oh, all right. So you actually, it was actually the first unification in Germany they were fighting for. So there was Germany. In the 1600s? Fight- yes. Okay. Um, so that's why a lot of historians are now calling this war World War One. King Without William's war, World no, War I. the whole, the, all the, of the Indian I, wars sorry, combined. Sorry, um, King Philip's War would be World War One. King Philip's War would have been World War, but they actually combined them all now. The whole from King Philip's Philip's to the end and of the, King William, King William, King George's, and the Seven Years' War. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. What? Is there a reason for that? Because during that whole time frame from King William's War to the end of the Seven Years' War, 
which we call the French-Indian War. Mm -hmm. That whole time, that's when Germany was fighting their unification. We were fighting here, we were fighting up in Canada, and we were fighting overseas. So this whole time period, actually, um, I've read four books that uh, authors, historians are now calling this World War I. I've actually changed the tour when I talk about Hannah Dustin at my job. I've actually talked about how they described this as World War I. Okay. So And no disrespect to my great uncles that fought in, in World War I or anybody else's either. So this was kind of taking place toward the end of the 1600s, around yes. 1697. Yes. And that was King Into William, early... and King William was um, the in, King England. in England. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so, so with Hannah Dustin, Dustin... yeah. So we're at war. There were seven garrison houses located in Haverhill at that time. Oh, seven. Wooden and brick. Today alone, there are only three standing. And They're all one brick, safe they? house. Okay. There's the Dustin Garrison, which is open to the public. Mm-hmm. There's the White Garrison on Groveland Street, closed to the public, privately owned. There's another garrison house in Rocks Village called the Peasley Garrison, closed. That's a wooden garrison structure. Is that privately owned then? Privately that... owned. Okay. And then there's a safe house on North Ave, a and brick that... safe. Mm-hmm. Safe houses were not forts. They were reinforced homes if you couldn't get to the garrison oh, okay. to protect. Generally brick? Generally brick. Um, sometimes wood too, but generally brick. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is still standing. So at the time that the Indians attacked in 1697, um, Thomas Dustin was in the process of building the garrison, right? With Correct. With the bricks from his yard. Yes. She was home with her children. Correct. And somehow, I'm, I'm not sure how the communication got going, but all of the children escaped except her newborn, Martha. She had nine children, so eight of them escaped along with Thomas, but she was captured along with Martha, the baby, the infant, who was know, three, four, six days old. She was she was killed when she was six days old, um, but also the the nurse. Yes, very so enough. They were all abducted. Was very very sad. Mm-hmm. It was really a shame but, that the building wasn't finished. Right, but they weren't abducted from the garrison. They were abducted no, from, from the house on Eudora Street, which the basement is gone. When they built four ninety five, they ripped out what was left of the house. Oh, but really? I pretty much located the original garrison, the original Dustin house. But Thomas was at the garrison working on right. it when she was abducted. Right. So he went out to the Apple Orchard, which is modern day 495, if you ever traveled through Haverhill, mm-hmm. got his kids to safety, but got the call out gone. to the militia and the garrison soldiers, and they went looking. They found the baby dead in Atkinson, New Hampshire, because the baby was crying. Oh, in Atkinson? In modern-day Atkinson. With, yeah, I found yeah. an old article written in 1938 in the Hampton Union Press by a, a judge from Hampton. It was a historian that wrote about the baby. Okay, Atkinson, then, is that very close to the Merrimack yeah. River? No, no, but that was heading north. So they, one She of came the... home along the river. Okay, but they, they had abducted her up the river, and Correct. they stopped at an island. Yes, but Buscowan they... or Right, but yeah. they went over land. They followed modern-day Route 3. Oh, I see. And then they hopped to the they island. They hopped to the island. Okay. So they, they killed the baby, and yeah. I think that is probably what did it for her, because she went berserk right. after oh, that. Oh, yes. I think any mother who I think lost so her too. child in that manner that's right. would completely lose her mind. I agree with you. I think that's what happened. And they somehow had a, a family take over and abduct them. Um, will you have a call? Yeah, somebody just wants to say hi to the crypt keeper. Oh. Okay. So, caller, hello, good evening. 
You're on the air. Good evening. Hi. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear oh, you yeah. loud and clear. Yeah, this is Jim. I just wanted to call and say hi to the Crypt Keeper. Hi, Jim. Hey, Jim. How are we doing out there today? All right, we're doing fine. We did a ghost hunt last night that had God provided thunder, lightning, an incredible show of fireworks to add to a creepy old house. It was really successful. Really I heard it was fun. very successful out there. It yeah. was, yeah. Everyone had a good time. Did you yep. see any spooks, Jim? What's that? Did you I see, didn't any, see spooks? any spooks? No. no. <laughs> well, well, where, where were you? Everybody else did. Yeah, I know. Everybody seemed to uh, be getting some kind of evidence there. Hey, I was doing a little more research about spooks over there, and I hear you got some more spirits in the backyard. Yeah. Oh, oh the, interesting. At the James house? Yeah, just beyond mm-hmm. the wooded tree limb, there's a there's a place for spirits. Uh, you're well, not talking. You're talking a different kind of. Right. Spirit. We're just doing a little joke in there tonight. Yeah. Oh, you're joke. talking like yeah. a Bigfoot. We may spirit. have a Bigfoot out there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Sighting. Yeah. She, we didn't have a sighting, but we found footprints. Foot. Yeah. Lynn was the one that found it. Of something that was difficult to explain. Was, yeah. Did we'll you cast it? Yeah. I'm not sure what she was doing wandering out there in the woods. None of your that. business, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> she was looking for the spirits. She, she was looking for Bigfoot. What do you think? No, she went looking for more spirits. <laughs> but anyway, we found a pretty good one that was about 14 inches long. Did you get it casted? No, we were, we were busy filming. Um, but there were at least two toe prints in it. And there were some other prints, but they were kind of, um, they had been scratched over with leaves and so forth. So that section where the one print was, it had been pretty muddy. Oh, okay. So it had stayed there in the ground pretty well, but the other two had kind of disintegrated. I wonder how long it was there for. Well, I bet you not more than 24 hours, 48 hours. It looked that fresh. I've had some calls in the past about Bigfoot sightings on the seacoast. Mm-hmm. I just haven't never had the, the crew or the time to go out there and look. Mm. But there have been reports going back to Native American times in this whole region. Though that's uh, true, yeah. and the not- caves of Ossipi and in the inside the cliffs of the mountains of the Ossipi Mountains have drawings of figures. Yeah, yeah, there is so, a lot of uh, Native American art yeah. with Bigfoot on Um But also, too, according to the neighbors in that neighborhood around the James house, they have seen Native American ghosts. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. The, the mother and the son that we interviewed. And they're uh, also reported to have seen strange uh, upright creatures. That, that's right, like upright canids. Yeah, yeah kind of like a so. wolfman type. Canid. So there's all kinds of things going on. Yeah, there. It, well, it sounds, sounds like we should get together and do a big investigation over there. Yeah, that's maybe that's what we should do. Yeah, we'll, we'll combine it. We'll call it a ghost, uh, ghost Bigfoot investigation. A ghost potpourri investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Cryptid. <All right. laughs> okay. Well, well, anyway, thank, thank you, Jim. Thanks Jim. for the call, Jim. Yep, thank you for the call, Jim. Okay. Uh, Happy Halloween there, Tom, and uh, take good you. care of the crypt down there in Haverhill. I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have okay. to take care of my home. Yeah. I live there. <laughs> See you later, Jim. Thanks for calling. Good night. So we were talking about Hannah. So she escaped, and she was with like 10 other people, 10 other Native Americans. So she she scalped them and killed them well, and scalped them. let's clear up a little bit. The, fam- the Native Americans that took her. The Abenakis that took her mm-hmm. were not the same family she killed. She was sold as a slave to this family, 
and Samuel Leninson, the boy, mm-hmm, that and was Hannah, with her. With her, they scalped them, and then they came down the river. They went back up the river to get the scalps because they still thought there was money on Indian scalps. By then, the colonial government had stopped um, taking money for colonial for Indian scalps, but she didn't know that. She went down the river, and then she made it back home. Made a few stops, probably traveled only at night in a very dangerous, cold March weekend. In fact, next year is the 320th anniversary, and the Garrison House Association uh, has got a few things planned for the 320th anniversary of Anna Dustin. Um, But she came down the river with the scalps, and um, she went into history. Cotton Mather wrote The Ecolastical History of Massachusetts, and she was one of the only captive stories in it. Cotton Mather went to Judge Samuel Sewell and asked them to reiterate the money for Hannah Dustin. Oh, hmm. how nice. Well, kind of. well you've got to remember of. who Judge, who we're talking about here. Cotton Mather also was known for hanging witches and pressing people to death. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also not known to be friendly to the natives. Mm. Um, Cotton Mather also um, convicted and hung Elizabeth Emerson. Now, why did I bring that up with well, the Hannah Dustin she, story? Uh, didn't she was wasn't she accused of infanticide? Infanticide. The the sister of Hannah Dustin. The sister had children out of wedlock, and when they died, so under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. and then they hung her. They hung her. Okay. Yeah. So Cotton Mather wrote the story of the good sister and of evil sister. Oh, really? Because there were many other captive stories in New England mm. that could were actually more historical, and more interesting Mm. to put in a history book. Okay, so over the course of this period, from the time she was abducted to the time she came back home with a couple of the other captives, how long a period, like 10 days or something? It took place the beginning of of March, and she was home by the end, so a couple weeks. And I think it's important to know that um, there was a a lot of tension between the Native Americans and the colonists. they just felt that we were just encroaching and encroaching on well, their that's land. What, basically, that's what the English were doing. They were the natives did not believe that they own. No one owned the land. No one owned the land. When yeah. the English and the French showed up, they started signing treaties with these Native Americans, and none of them understood what they were signing. Yet they didn't understand. And they our signed away the land. land. Yeah, like we do today. We yeah. own the land. You give permission for people to be on your property. You don't. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I don't advocate murdering people, mm. but I understand her anger when they they bashed her baby's head against yeah, a rock. I do too. So I'm that sure would, she just went happened, ballistic. Right, but that happened a lot even in the 1708 massacre. There at were the end. vicious, vicious they, they attacks. There were vicious attacks. 30 on both settlers sides. were killed in less than an hour in Havel on, in August 27, 1708. Yeah. So I mean this what we're going to be discussing between King Philip's King William King, you know we're not doing the other ones. But this was the bloodiest time in American history. It was history, terrible. Quote Richard Saltonstall, who was a judge at the time. Yeah, you always had to watch out. Nobody was safe. No, you walk out of your door and go, Ugh, great day today, and all of a sudden you end up with an arrow in your chest. So given that there was um, a lot of strife in that period and that Hannah had killed all those people, what have you found in the way of evidence at the Hannah Dustin Garrison? Mm, let's see. Well, one night, I think you guys were with us that night. Yes, you were. It was me, you, Caitlin, and uh, there's Willie, Lynn, me, Caitlin, and was that it? Or do we have uh, a... No, there that, was that Jim. That was it that night. Jim. Uh, the, um, yeah, Jim. We're talking two different nights. Yeah. 
the night we caught the footsteps. So I think it was just the four of us. Was it the night you caught the footsteps? Was that the same night we heard the humming in the yes. bedroom? Yeah. Yes, okay. we did. Plus, um, didn't we hear a baby cry? I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then, of course, we got the Grim Reaper upstairs in the garrison part of the attic that's not a nice spirit. So, well, who do you attribute that to? I think it's just waiting for the time because of all the garrison houses were known for, you know, you could be stuck in that house for a while, so people did die in it. I mean, we have oh, no I'm record. Sure. We yeah. have no recorded death of it. Let me get that straight. From historical mm-hmm. fact, there's no recorded death. But when the natives attacked and you ended up in a garrison house, it wasn't like you were in there for a couple hours. You could be in there for four or five days. Yeah. And they were. It's a big place, but when you got forty, fifty people stuck in, it's going to get cramped after I would a think while. Cramped and smelly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everybody's sweating and everything yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was escape tunnels in the basement, but they could have probably gotten a shed to get some air and other stuff. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you were cramped inside that house, and it was. I mean, you were in there in the summertime, but it was kind of cool out. It was. Uh, I gave a tour over the summer in the middle of July. We were up in the attic for about less than three minutes because it was about 100 degrees up in mm. that attic. Mm. Yeah, well, of course, you couldn't open the windows either, and There's no you? windows. There's only uh, two, one window, one, two okay. windows up there. Two windows. Yeah. Um, so who is it you think? Well, a female, um, um, Definitely an adult a female. female, and then a, a child. Um, and then sort of do you think whatever is up in the attic is probably Maybe never been human a manifestation yeah. of what happened in that house? Could be. I well, can understand if that's... Uh, I remember on a different night, I was there with you, Tom. Yeah. Not the night that Lynn was with us, but uh, okay. something, we were on the second floor and something something got a hold of you and you just suddenly disappeared and started walking up to the attic and you, oh, were, yeah. you, you, you weren't with us anymore. No. I was somewhere. I really don't remember where I was. Yeah, I remember. In, in, you mean somewhere in the house? Or yeah. Oh. Yeah, I channeled and, uh, that I think night you were something. downstairs at the time. I had to have. Yeah. I channeled something that wasn't too pleasant. And, and I can't he, remember. He, he I don't end, ever remember what he, I channeled. Yeah, he ended up in the attic and had no idea how he got there. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's kind Think, of frightening. Things happen in there all the time. I yeah. mean, another team that's been in there, Lifeline, Spirit Hunters, their founder has been, how many times we carry Steve out of there? Every time they've been there, three times? And we must have carried him out like at least three times. Yeah. And not only just him, but another member as right. well. What, they were overcome then? Yeah. Oh, they were mm. channeling. I mean, that place. I didn't find it to be that strong, but it might not have been a really active day. Well, well we did hear some stuff. Right. Oh, yes. I thought it was actually really interesting hearing the humming. Yep. Because that was the first time in probably the many times I've been at the garrison house. And that was the first time I've heard humming. All the other times before that, I didn't. Didn't we hear a man's voice, um, men speaking out in the yard? That's what I thought I heard as well. Yes, I think that might have, I can't remember, I'm not good at like my bearings. That might have been maybe in the back, the back of the house. Okay. Because that area seems to be decently active as well. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. Because okay, we didn't do an investigation, no. at least I didn't, out there in the right. backyard. you got to remember, too, the backyard, what we're talking about, had the barn in it originally. The barn? The barn that was attached to the building. Was the so barn brick or wood? Wood. It burnt in 30, oh. 1937. The house was in disrepair by 37. That's when they went in and, and the Dustin mm. family 
association purchased the house. From well, the I'm last wondering why it. didn't they attack it? Why didn't they try and burn it down? Because it was all brick. <clears throat> no, that's what I was asking. Yeah. But by 37, the house had fallen in disrepair, and that's when they put the shipboard in and cleaned up the house. Mm. Uh, the house is a museum. It is a memorial to the Dustin Family Association. But if you like old tools and old artifacts, there's plenty of old artifacts oh, yeah. and tools to it's see. It's a neat building. And we're going to be putting a lot more stuff out, including if you're into the more cryptic stuff like I am, hair. We have a few deceased members' hairs of the Dustin family that will be out on display. Ooh, that's Ooh. a little morbid. Interesting. Okay, we yeah. are at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> wow, time's flying here. It is. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with some news in just a couple of minutes, so please don't go anywhere. Supernatural Magazine, one of the UK's top paranormal magazines, provides support to Spirit Radio, the paranormal experience. It is the magazine's goal to bring every aspect of supernatural news and research from around the world under one roof to create a platform for all those interested in the supernatural. More information is available at supernaturalmagazine.com. And you are listening to Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience on WSCA 106.1 FM. And we will be right back after this short break. Some more guests for us, Lynn? Let me see. Our guest list starts with next week, the 29th of October. We're welcoming back Gary Gillespie. His book is Chronicles of the Unexplained, and we're going to be discussing some of his interesting experiences. Um, October, sorry, November 5th, we are, we are uh, taking off, actually. November 12th, we're welcoming Artie Clark, and she is the author of More Encounters with Star People, and she interviews a a lot of Native American people and their take on um, star people in their myths and in their present-day experiences. And November 19th, we're welcoming back again Joni Mahan, and she has a new book out, and it's called Ghost Magnet. And let me see, time for one more. We've just booked Ken Gerhardt for the 26th of November, and we're going to be discussing Ken's new book, which is The Menagerie of Beasts. All right. Okay, it sounds like a uh, good a marvelous lineup. lineup of guests to me. Uh, but right now, we have uh, in the studio with us uh, Tom and Caitlin. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have All we right. Uh, have we kept them in suspense long enough? I yes, I think, I think so. we're, it's time for an announcement. Drum roll. Right. 
Drum roll, please. Ding, ding, the ding, big, ding, big, ding, big ding. announcement. This is the third one. <laughs> the Essex County Ghost Project, along with Spirit Chases, is going to be putting on the third annual... Um, New England Parafest 2017. Here in Kittery, Maine, not too far from the studio. A hop, skip, and a jump away. Um, just across the river. Just across the river, yeah. Just across <laughs> the beautiful river. Piscataqua River. river. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got a lineup that's it's still in the... We got some names lined up for th- this already. We have uh, Shane Sawar. He's coming in this year to speak about some demons and some of his experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we have the, the, the two legends that I can't forget. Mm, uh, the legend, w- Willie the legend, about? and Lynn the legend. <laughs> oh, oh good, good thing you said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will be speaking uh, about paranormal stuff. I think uh, I think we're going to talk about grilled cheese sandwiches or something. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. It that depends on how good. hungry he is. Yes. Yeah. That does sound good, though. Yes, it doesn't. It? Yeah. Does. You got my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we have uh, Paul and Benino coming. Mm-hmm. From talk about his paranormal. That's yeah. right. And talk about multiverses, probably. Yes. Um, or at least one aspect of that. <laughs> right. Um, and then we have Seacoast Sauces coming. Oh, yes, yes. Val and Mike and Chuck. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Dietamont will be there speaking about if you love, if you love. uh, And who doesn't? Haunted lighthouses. Haunted lighthouses or lighthouses in general. This guy is an expert. Mm -hmm. He's traveled the world, at least the United States from what I've been told. So I can't wait to hear him speak. And just brought in today, this guy needs a drum roll for himself. You got it. He's published at least 12 to 13 books. And I know he's listening. Yeah, it's 12 or 13. I've lost track, but if he wants to call in and change, give us the right <laughs> number, that would be great. I know he's listening tonight. <laughs> um, he's done stuff from uh, Lizzie Borden to Spirits of New Hampshire, Spirits to of Massachusetts. To old ghost towns. To old ghost town to being a vampire mm. hunter. That was what he originated Started in the field as, as the mm. vampire hunter and we're talking about no, none other than tom d'agostino tom d'agostino Woo! yay right. and his wife and um, his wife arlene arlene nicholson is yeah. his photographer she does all that work yes. very nice lady yes two very nice people i cannot yes. wait yes. for this year's event and we may have one more coming but we're not sure but we'll save that suspense for okay. down the road okay you got and, it and tom you know, is the keynote speaker is that right uh, i guess yeah. oh, that. <laughs> well, i don't I, know how shy people could be a keynote speaker i thought i, we I thought i was yeah. oh. no do you really, want, I, do you want no. the position <laughs> and you know what? doesn't pay you know what every one of those people is former guests right here that's on right, the that's Star right Radio. that's right yes Absolutely. they were so this is going to be a fun time Yep, that's going to be next April. Next April in Kittery, and it's going to be a fun day over there at the uh, Kittery uh, Community Center. Center. (laughs) I had it at the tip of my tongue. Brain cramp. Yes. (laughs) Brain cramp. The the Kittery Community Center, which was thanks to, you know, some good friends of mine, and they got that in. And once you get this all posted, where can people find more information? That's going to be on a updated, it hasn't been updated in a while. I'm working on getting me a new web person because my web person's just busy. But where would that be, Tom? That's going to be at EssexCountyGhostProject.org. <laughs> All right. That's where you'll be able to find that. And, soon Thank you. and you will also be able to find it on SpiritChasesParanormal.com. Okay. Good Yay. deal. So we're going to have it all over the place, and this is going to be a fun time. Oh, I yes, can't it wait. Is. 
Yes, it is. And you never know. You know, spirits of the past may come up wherever we're at, and you never know. Somebody may be talking about King Phillips or any other law. You never know. Or any other spirits, especially over at King Phillips. You know, let's get into King Phillips. It's it's a cool brick building. It's a beautiful building, too. And down not too far from a couple burial grounds, I noticed, which is even better. Yeah. Yeah, Kirikiri is full of little burial plots. 156 of them. Uh, family yeah, plots. Family and, plots, yeah. yeah. Just in Kittery alone? Yeah, just in Kittery alone. There's a whole map. I, I, I couldn't own a verify map of, that. But. I own a map of all the graveyards at Kittery. You know why? Because Hannah Dustin's uh, father-in-law, Thomas, Hannah's husband's so father-in-law, he was the sheriff of York County, Maine, which included York all the way to Portsmouth. Emerson? And, no, Dustin. He lived in Kittery. Oh, okay, Thomas okay. Dustin was originally from Kittery. When they came no over, kidding. before the son moved to Havel, he was from Kittery. Mm-hmm. And oh. I think I've located where his graveyard is, where the father's graveyard, which would be just a stone if we're lucky to find it. So was Thomas's brickyard in Kittery or was no, it in Havel? in Havel, but okay. Thomas's father, Thomas. I, and what did he do? He was the sheriff, was the sheriff said, of, of York, York County. County, which covered oh, Portsmouth all the way to York. Yeah. Remember, that was a big... Well, thank you for that nugget of information, Tom. Yes, I I knew you would like that. I don't know why. (laughs) He's full of nuggets like that. Yeah, he is. So at the time, um, New Hampshire was still part of Massachusetts, as was York County. Maine, that would have been Maine. So Portsmouth, New Hampshire was here, but Maine would have been, that would have all been, actually, that would have all been Mass at that time in the 60s. Massachusetts went right up to Portsmouth then, right? Okay, and then Maine, okay. I wasn't sure if over the Piscataqua that was also part of Massachusetts. It was. But it Maine was, was it part was. of the Massachusetts. Okay, that, yeah, that's what I yeah. thought then. Okay. Then New Hampshire broke away, so Maine, what is today Maine and Mass, was separated by New Hampshire. Okay. And then later on, Maine came into play. Okay. So we kind of cleared, cleared up Hannah Dustin. We did want to talk about King Philip's War we a little bit. And we have to um, cl- clear up some confusion about King Philip and that he really wasn't the king of England, it was, he had sort of Americanized himself and used American names, and he referred to himself as Philip. Correct. But he was really um, Massacomet. Metacom. Well, they do say Metacom and Metacomet. Yeah. They use both of them almost interchangeably. I don't know why. And I could tell you why, because it's the same way with any old writings of that time. Just misspellings and whatnot. Merrimack, I could find six ways of spelling Merrimack at that time. Okay. The Spicket River, which is big down my way, Mm -hmm. I found three ways of spelling it during that time period, too. Yeah, that's funny. And some of them make absolute no sense, and I won't even repeat one of the ways they spelled it. I can only imagine. <laughs> I, I, I lived right on the Spicket River when I was just a little little tyke oh. in uh, Salem, New Hampshire. Oh, so you're down from... It was, it was right oh. in the backyard. <laughs> okay, now getting back to King Philip's War. All right. Um, <laughs> you don't uh, care. You don't care. You I know. do, I do. Medicom was actually the second son of Massasoit, and Chief Massasoit was a Wampanoag, Wampanoag, Wampanoag Indian. chief, chief from yes. the Wampanoag tribe. His first son was um, Wamsutta, and apparently, isn't it believed that he was poisoned yes. by yes. one of the colonists? And then he was a, a sachem, and then, as was his father, and then Medicom became uh, the sachem for the Wampanoag people. So, um, what sparked, if you recall, um, Medicom kind of going ballistic? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Well, <clears throat> this is what really 
this war started roughly June 20th, um, uh, 1675. Yep. And roughly ended around April 12th, 1678. I mean, you can... There's you, several different ending right. dates. They don't agree on it, but... No, and I actually got this date from the Mass Archives. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, so I, I stick with this date. Yeah. Because you don't... I, I read a lot of books on this period, and I read a lot of paranormal books. And let me just explain something... Make sure when you read a book, the first thing you look at, especially if it's a history book, where did the sources come from? Yeah. If they if the sources are loaded with the author of this book, the author of this book, or the author of this book, which means they're secondhand sources, not all the time are they accurate. You got to go back. You got to find the you original. Get more authentic sources. Yeah. yeah. So I found the April twelfth date because reading through books, I've actually come across seven different ending dates for the. Seven, I found three. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so so in Taunton in 1671, the the tension had been growing between mm -hmm. the colonists and the Indians, and then the colonists decided that they were going to take the guns away from the the Native Americans, and that was one of the blows, and then there was a second one, uh, oh, the murder of, um, they hung three Wampanoag braves Mm -hmm. who had murdered um, a Christianized Indian. Native Mm -hmm. American. So that was the last straw. Right. So in 1675 in June, the minister John Sassamano was murdered. This is the minister who tried to convert Philip, or Medicom. Oh, yeah, Medicom. Yeah. Um, And his body later recovered in in February 1666. His body was found in the Assaponet Pond. I always... I'm not the greatest... Native American terminologist, though. Well, that's in the northern section of the Hockamock, isn't it? Okay, and that's in Massachusetts. Okay. So, between the Mayflower and King Philip's War, England was expanding. So, you got the English settlers coming in. They're taking more and more land. So, of course, the Natives are losing out, as we discussed earlier. Yeah. And they had just about had it. So, Metacoma Philip went to the Massachusetts General Court first to try to get things resolved. That didn't oh, resolve did nothing. Hmm. The only thing it resolved was he told the Massachusetts General Court a very famous quote, I will not live to see my people die. Well, he never lived to see his people die because they killed him before the they war. They killed him. Didn't, didn't they yeah. kill him and then behead him? Yeah, well, there Be- are many different stories of what, how he was killed, how he was turned over by his own people. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Nipmuc, the Nipmuc Indians, centered uh, around Mass, joined forces with Philip's Wampanoags. The first attack was Brookfield in central Mass. They killed eight soldiers and burnt the whole town to the ground. Okay, Brookfield so briefly, was for years. there was something like 13 colonial towns that were decimated, yes. right? Something like that, 12, yep. 13? Correct. And um, King Philip had... A summer home in at Fowling Pond in the Hockamock Swamp. Correct. Now that swamp eventually died. I mean, that pond eventually dried yes. up. But it was it was um, King Philip and his brother that hung around. Uh, his name was Wamsetta. They hung around the Hockamock Swamp. Correct. And also the Wampanoag had a fortress there to defend themselves against mm-hmm. the colonists. So there was also in the Hockamock Swamp, which I find, which I find very interesting, an 8,000-year-old Native American burial site. Yes. 
So consequently, there were not only many deaths, but that place was very spiritual well, and sacred to begin yes. with. Yes, and I want to. We're going to get into that because uh, that was actually called the Devil's Woods. The colonists called that the Devil's Woods. Yeah. Um, but where he died was Anna Anna Juan Rock. Now we actually went down to Anna Juan Rock and investigated that. We didn't get a whole lot that day. Uh, who I thought Anna Juan died there, but right. Wamsara or. Well, Anna Warm was one of the um, the chiefs Correct. under. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on a second, let me get my notes here. He was a chief under King Philip. Correct. Okay. Correct. He was from another tribe, but he yes. was yeah, he was an he ally. Was the the Nip Nipinek Nipinek. Yeah, the Nipasket. <laughs> yeah. I got the name right here. I just want to make sure I get that right. Uh, yeah, the nim. Yeah, the nip nip nipmuc m n i nipmuc. Yeah, nip-muck. Indians. Yeah. Okay, Native Americans. Whatever. Right. So this is where that all took place down at Anawan Rock. Okay, but we also went into the Devil's Triangle, known as the Bridgewater Triangle. We're actually mm-hmm. going to go back before the Parafest to do some more investigating work in my favorite place. Yeah, that is a very supernatural place. We were actually in the swamp the first time, and every time I called out King Philip, the wind would start howling. No kidding. Mm. Then it would stop. We'd rest a few minutes. Mm -hmm. We caught this on audio and video. We'd stop. All of a sudden, it started. We'd call it out again. And the wind would come up. The wind would come up. We had gone to this area on the Powerline Trails area, which is a... I'm not going to exactly give it away, but Mm -hmm. because I had gotten uh, word of Bigfoot out there. Mm -hmm. And now Bigfoot has been seen out there for years, but I got word it was seen recently before we had gone down. So we Mm -hmm. went down to go check out for Big But it was three of the the chiefs that died there, right? Wamsutta and Anawam and um, (laughs) the third one, uh, Medicom. Yes. Okay. So that's... Reason enough for the swamp to be haunted to begin with, right? But there's there's so much more, much more complex right. than that. Not only that, that area, that swamp, uh, besides Bigfoot UFO. In fact, uh, President Reagan was flying over that swamp coming back from a talk, and he actually they had to call out the P from Pease Air Force Base because there was uh, light, strange lights flying around. Um, Flying around Air Force One while they were while flying they were over Hockamock. Over Hockamock, yeah. yeah that, Interesting. Yeah, it really is. There's so supposed to be a lot of electromagnetic anomalies. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm trying to get that cage done before we go. Oh, okay. Because that's coming with us. <laughs> we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, it. is this cage big enough for you to get in, Tom? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, but also, too, there were archaeologists that were um, ex- excavating in the swamp. Yes. And they were on um, a section of it called Grassy Island, and they came across some tombs and red ochre. And there was something about the, the tombs bubbled. Yes. And they bubbled, and then they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And they tried to um, photograph it, and none of the photographs came out. Photographing, wow. Weird. When we went to uh, the Hawk, I had, uh, how many cameras are on my neck? Um, I must have had at least, at least three, three or four. Or four. And they, I, were, they were the, the good-sized heavy ones, Yeah, too. I had 
three or four flash cameras with me. And you I don't tell me school. they didn't work? I had my my digital camera. No, they did work. Everybody just... had cameras and video. Okay. Every time we heard something or we snapped the picture, when I finally got to get to all those pictures, more than half of them did not come up. Yep. Really? Mm. So we got to go back with other equipment now. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe packing an overnight bag and sleeping, but I got to you got to find <laughs> a, I got to find out where you get permission to do that because everything we do. Well, you one one word, Tom: mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquitoes. be careful. <laughs> actually, actually, the mosquitoes. day that we went there, we had no, no. issues with mosquitoes whatsoever. Wow. We went we went early fall. Okay. I mean, early spring before the warm weather. April. Okay. It was it was a nice cool day too. It was actually enjoyable. Wow. Well, there's that. And I want to see the big snakes and the oversized cats that live in there. Yeah, there's, there's supposed to be some whomping big snakes there. Yeah. <laughs> that well, doesn't bother me. While we were in there, though, we did find some sightings of possible, and I say possible because I didn't have a camera there to say mm-hmm. whether they built them or not, but simple buildings with bent. Trees. Oh, sure. Yeah, all over the area. Now, you got to remember, too, in in fairness to research, and Caitlin sometimes has to bring me back to this reality. That day, the skeptic (laughs) came out and and came out of me and thought (laughs) it was maybe a possible Boy Scout or Girl Scout camping trip, and they were being taught how to. Could be. Or homeless um, people, because Freetown yeah. is right on the taunt New Bedford line, which yes, is a big is. city. And every time you have a big city, you always get yeah, a homeless, homeless pe- population. Yeah. And it could have been them building their lean-tos, lean-tos or you know, one-sided shelves. But that is a, a noted uh, characteristic of Bigfoot, Bigfoot is yes. creating nests and little shelters of in the woods. Yeah. Uh, we got about four minutes left. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I did want to mention one of the other things that have been cited, too, is um, canoe or canoes of Native Americans paddling across the water. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I actually got a call from, no, he was a retired detective. His kids were out on one of the swamp areas, and they swear they saw Native Americans retired Fall River detective. Yep. I wouldn't doubt that. That in voices, Native yeah. American mm-hmm. voices. And this would be um, Native Americans of the Algonquian Tri- nation, yes. but the, some of the tribes, the Wampanoag, the Nicmac, and so forth. A lot of the tribes that are right along mm-hmm. the East Coast, actually Abenaki's part of it too, yeah. uh, Maine, and down to... Down to Connecticut and Rhode Island, I believe, is where Wampanoag is kind yes. of cut off. And then it goes Cherokee or something yeah. after that. So it's an interesting place. There's a lot of other stuff in there. A lot of stuff um, that happens I'm here. going down there this time. I've got a goal in mind. I'm going to channel a Pudgewaki or a Pukwudgie. Uh, a Pukwudgie. <laughs> I would strongly advise against the that. The devil's own army of two-foot soldiers. Oh, but is that a, what you've heard? But a really cool name, though. Yeah, it is a very cool name. Well, <laughs> you know, we're going to discuss that with Paul and Ben Inu too on our show, the Puckwudgies. Yeah, I'm, I want to get down there. I, I tried channeling one the last time I was there, and we didn't. So our connection to Hockamock really was tied into our King Philip's War yes. because um, a lot of residual stuff from King, the people who participated mm-hmm. in King. Right. Well, Philip's you War. remember Freetown Forest is over five thousand four hundred forty-one acres. That's Freetown. Uh, there's Thunderbirds, Bigfoot, Indian Curses, and the Bridgewater Triangle is not small. No. 
I mean, it covers on one side Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, uh, Middleborough, uh, West Middleborough, Middleborough, too. Yeah. Um, Dighton, North Dighton, Taunton, Freetown. I mean, that's a big area. In Freetown, there was a zombie spotted there in the 70s in Ooh. one of the parks. Well, according to Lauren Coleman's Mysterious America, he said that the Hockamock Swamp region covers an area of approximately 200 square miles and includes the towns of Abington, Freetown, Rehoboth, uh, Brockton, Taunton, yeah. Bridgewater, Raynham, Mansfield, Norton, and Easton. Right. What I gave wow. you were the corners of the triangle, not every town in the yeah. triangle, just for time. But I mean, it's two hundred square miles. Yeah. The place is huge. Oh yeah. No, it's they're not. It, most of it is the triangle. Yeah. I mean, it exceeds it, but yeah. How long do you think it would take to completely investigate or walk through that? What the Freetown Forest or the whole triangle? The whole triangle. We would need uh, a couple hundred years. We would oh. need. We would need a. We would need at least a dozen teams willing to work together, which is easy to do. I'm sure we could pull <laughs> yeah. that off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we work on that? Yeah. You start from one corner. We'll start from the other corner. And Summer of 2017. We'll get somebody else, and we'll all meet in the middle. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there for months. Yeah, for months. With all the uh, stuff you got to investigate out there, because there are teams out there that even haven't even broken the candlestick out there. I know we haven't. No. I mean, yeah. teams that live in the bridge. I mean, there's even quicksand out yeah. there. I mean, it's not very no. navigable. When, or... I, when I went out there, I was carrying a backpack, a first aid kit. It looked like I was a high mountain ranger. <laughs> yeah. Remember the TV show, The High Mountain Rangers? Mm. So, I mean, yeah. I was prepared, and I'm, I still have all my safety equipment. We'll be going back out there. To the swamp, because, like I said, my goal is to actually channel a Pudgewocky. All right. <laughs> I well, still strongly advise against Everybody's got to have a goal. Yes. Right? <laughs> I guess so. And, <laughs> and Willie's and we, got a goal, too. I yeah. think he's going to announce it right now. Yes. Yeah, we're out of time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, thank you, Willie. Thank uh, you, Willie. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah, thank you, uh, Tom and Caitlin, for stopping by. Anytime. Always a pleasure, and uh, see, we'll we'll see you on the uh, the Halloween show down there. Yes, uh, we kept uh, I don't know, whenever that is next week sometime. And your website? Uh, www. org. Excellent. All right. Yes. Thank you to both of you. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Hey, thank you. And that is uh, Spirit Radio, the paranormal experience for another week. And Craig Mosier with the Graveyard Shift is coming right up. Once again, good night, everyone, and thank you for listening. In this one of many possible worlds All for the best Or some bizarre test It is what it is And whatever Time is still the infinite jest The arrow flies when you dream the hours tick away, the cells tick away, the watchmaker keeps to his schemes, the 
hours tick away, they tick away. The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect. So I